Wow. I want to say thanks to, to Lynn and um, Beth, their leadership on this ministry. Um, it's a powerful call. I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 5. If you're visiting with us, we're really glad you're here. My name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. That was Lynn. He's our youth pastor. Um, and Beth was up here walking around as well. She's a director of children's ministry. But we're really glad yeah, you're here this morning. We've been going through the book of Romans. And, oh, I, I forgot this. Um, I should probably wear this just for one second. So um, just enjoy my moment. Uh, this is a first place medal for uh, guys, guns, and grub. You guys remember that, don't you? You're a little intimidated. Won first place a couple years back. I thought I lost this medal, and then I prayed it in. God, God brought it back to me. So, guys, you got to sign up for this. Uh, we redid this thing, so uh, we listened to you. Uh, we, the meal was just always sliding later and later, never knew when it was going to start. So we're actually doing the meal first, the brunch. Come on out. There's sign-ups out there. Bring a friend. You, you got to do this, man. Bring a gun. Bring a friend. If you don't have a gun, just come anyway. We got guns and uh, we got grub. So um, come on out. Um, and, and I won't be shooting this year just because of my back. So you're lucky. It's, it's open to y'all at this point. So I uh, just want to let you know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Here we go. Last week we had uh, Norm up here and we talked through uh, this first verse, uh, well actually Romans 5, 12. We talked about this one verse where it says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through Adam and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. And, and we spent the whole time talking about this because it's such a massive topic. And we concluded at the end, this is what we know for sure. You could be a 10 on. I would die for these things. I would encourage you to be ready to die for these things. This is what you would say is orthodox Christianity throughout the history of the church. Sin brings death, physical and spiritual. Two, man is inherently corrupt. Talking about a sin nature at conception. And number three, we all suffer or are subject to the consequences of Adam's sin. No matter what vein of orthodoxy you are in, Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever, Orthodox Christianity follows, they, there are 10 on these things, and you can be a solid 10 on these things. This morning, we are now going to go into the rest of chapter 5, and it starts with almost, it feels like, a riddle. Verse 13 says, um, and we'll just kind of walk through this as we go, it says, for before the law was given... Sin was in, or not sin, before the law was given, sin was in the world, yes, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those, over those who did not sin by breaking the law, as did Adam. Now, now, Paul, what he's trying to do is to prove his point, these things right here, he's trying to prove this. And he, he's saying there's really two groups or three groups out there. There is a really small group. Adam is his own group. He had a command. He and actually Eve as well. But they had a command. Don't eat from the tree. Then you have this section of people that existed after Adam and Eve that went all the way up to Moses. Because once Moses and Israel got the law, now the law is there. And now everybody is held accountable to what the law says. Because this says do this, don't do this. 
And, and the question is, well, what, what do you do with this group in between? Because it does feel like a riddle. Death reigned over them, but they didn't sin. It goes back to those three previous points. Now, how, how come they can be held accountable if they didn't have a specific command? Well, you have to then go all the way back to Romans chapter 1, where Paul spends a, a whole chunk of time saying, look, every single person who has ever lived has been given the awareness of God. You can see him in creation. You can see him in the universe. You can see him in science. He's there, the design. And not only that, every single person has been given this conscience whereby we know when we've crossed that line. Everyone has that. And so to prove this, I mean, you could actually look in uh, Genesis chapter 4, so Adam and Eve, that whole story stops. Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel, right? The sons, the first generation. And, you know, Cain murders his son. God comes to him and says, what have you done? And, and judges him. And he knows he's done wrong. He knows it, even though the law hasn't been given. Go on to Genesis 6, and God looks over the entire world and says, every inclination of, of mankind is inclined towards evil, and therefore Noah, Noah comes on the scene, and you have the flood, the judgment. And what Paul is trying to say and emphasize and prove is, look, no matter who you are or they are, everyone is under death because everyone has sinned. And then he goes on then to, to do this comparison. And this is, the, this is where he's been trying to head all along, is a comparison between Adam and Christ. And that's what we're going to now focus in on. And he says, as he warms up to this subject, he says, but the gift is not like the trespass. Now, that's insider language. I mean, a lot of us in this room might know, okay, the gift, I know what that is, a trespass. I know. But some of us may not know what he's talking about because that's just like a code word, right? It's a word that you would understand if you've read the Bible. So what is the trespass? We talked about it last week. Um, Genesis chapter 3, God told Adam and Eve, do not eat from the knowledge or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't do it. And that was it. Satan comes along, tempts them, Adam gives in because what was the temptation? You can be like God, right? You can, he, he's going to make this power grab. You're going to be like God and knowledge and you're going to know everything and be all powerful and it's pride and it's, you go up and you try to grab. And what does Adam do? He does that. That's the trespass. He crossed the line. What's the gift? I love how Paul writes about the gift and he defines the gift, and it's centered around Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Meaning, as he looked at us, there's no way we're going to be able to be like him. So what does Jesus do? The exact opposite of what the trespass and Adam did. Jesus humbled himself, became a servant, became obedient, even to death on the cross. Isn't it interesting? The trespass tries to grab, go for pride. The gift goes down. Obedience, humility, all the way to death. So he says, the gift is not like the trespass. And he goes on to say this. What, what does he mean by that? Well, 
For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man overflow to the many? So what's the contrast here? It's, a, it what, it's what flows out. What is, what is flowing out of the trespass and what is flowing out of the gift? And what flows out of the, tresp- uh, the trespass is death. And what flows out of the gift is grace. And not just a flow comparison or what flows out, it's quantitatively different. Meaning the flow of death is this, but the flow of grace is what he says right here, how much more? How much more? When I, when I was a kid back in Kansas, we, um, we uh, went, always would go out to this one lake to go uh, water skiing, and I loved it. It was El Dorado Lake. Now, if you speak Spanish or if you've taken Spanish, you know it's pronounced El Dorado, but that's not how we Kansans say things. It's El Dorado, and it's Arkansas, not Arkansas. Um, but we would go out to this lake all the time, and I remember we were always down here in this bottom cove, and this, this lake, uh, size of it is about, it's not nearly twice the size of West Branch, but it's about twice the size. Does that make sense? So it gives you an idea of the conspiracy. I thought it was this huge lake. I love going out there. The thing was massive, right? You could drive your boat and it'd take you a long time to get around this whole thing. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was this huge lake. And I remember the day when we were here, I don't know, about a year or something like that, and somebody, somebody here invited me to go fishing on Lake Erie. That's a big lake. It's a great lake. Now, what, what I did, if you go back, these are actually the same resolution. I mean, you, you can't even see El Dorado Lake. Like, it's just, it's such a cute lake, right? I mean, and then you go to the other lake. That's a lake. Death. Flow of grace. Death. Grace. You get the picture? How much more? The flow of death and the flow of grace. He's trying to make a point. And what's wrong with this is that this lake of grace has a shoreline. There is no shoreline to the lake. It just goes on. And I, and I, trust me, I love El Dorado Lake. Don't, I've got plenty of love for El Dorado Lake. The second contrast, he says, is, is the result. The first one was the flow. The second one is the result. And he says, again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin, and the result was condemnation, right, or brought condemnation. The gift followed many trespasses and brought, or the result was justification. So now he's talking about two different results. One, condemnation, death, right, physically, spiritually, to every human being, to this world, death. And it's a staggering result, and if it's left unchecked, it is an everlasting death for us as people. The result or the, yeah, the result of one act of righteousness is justification. 
One act of righteousness. And it begs the question, you know what I mean, what, what one act is Paul talking about? And you could just argue the summation of Christ's life is that one act of righteousness. But I, I like that scene, though, in the garden. This started in the garden with Adam when he had this one trespass. And there's a scene in the garden when Jesus comes to the Father and says, would you take this away, yet not my will, but your will be done. And in that one act that went to the cross, we are justified. And what's interesting is the judgment the judgment brought condemnation on Adam. Christ stands in our place. What does he do? He takes our judgment that brings justification. So judgment still happened, but we get justification, a right standing before God, declared innocent, his righteousness now in us. The third contrast is the reign, this, world, this word rule or reign. And he says, for if... By the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? It's about a rule that happens. So Adam dies, and what comes of that? Well, death reigns, rules. Rules over every aspect of life. Rules wherever the curse of sin has come, which is everywhere. So death rules over our bodies. Death rules in relationships. Death rules in our minds. Death rules in our nation, in our governments, in families, at work, at school, wherever we experience the rule of death. And then he says, oh, but how much more. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, or no, how much more, yeah, God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man. So now you're talking about a reign of grace. A reign of grace that comes and it impacts everything. Wherever sin is found, the reign of grace comes. How much more? So, so when you think about it, you've got this small little lake, right? Death, right? Show that, that picture. Put that lake back up there on the screen. You, you've got the reign of death everywhere. And then Paul says, how much more is the reign of grace? So much greater it's not like we're barely holding on, right? It's not like it's the same size and the grace just barely won out. It's grace is so much more. Its rule is so much greater. And it still doesn't hit how much more grace is when we try to picture it. What's interesting is there's this word tucked in here that is really important. He says, how much more will those who receive? Now, we're not going to get into a theological conversation, deep conversation about God's sovereignty and man's free will. 
Not here. We're going to do it in chapter 9. It's coming. So just hang on. If you've got all your tough questions, they're coming in chapter 9, and we're doing that one. We're, gonna, we're also going to speak on, you know, what do we do as, as Christians when, when you view a, a child or an infant? What do you do with that? Because in chapter 9, Paul hits that head on and actually brings up two babies, right, in, in this conversation. We're going to hit that on that day and a couple of other ones. And actually what's going to happen is um, uh, Norm is going to be coming up here, and, and I'm actually going to be gone on vacation um, so he'll take that whole Sunday, and we'll see how it goes. He's not here, so it works out really good. Um, no, so save those questions, um, because they are important, and we're going to tackle them here uh, in chapter 9. But Paul says something that can't be unsaid. He says, to those who receive. You, you can't unsay that. I don't know how... Wherever you fall on this thing, you can't unsay this. It's somebody, you, you have to receive this. You have to say, I, I receive this gift. To those who receive will reign in life by grace. This idea of will reign, it's, it's a, it's a, it has started and it will be completed. It's not yet. So this reign won't be completely fulfilled. Death will not be fo- totally conquered until we're with Christ. But there's this promise for those who receive, you will reign in life now. You will reign right now and continue to reign and, and reach its fulfillment then do you feel like does it look like your life reigns like grace reigns in your life does does it look like we're you're just in this life where, you know, grace, I don't know if that necessarily reigns. It feels like the other one's reigning more, which doesn't make sense pictorially, right? If you look at the comparison and the contrast of the whole thing, how is it that, how is it that death is still reigning when I as a Christian should be reigning in life through grace, right? The grace, this grace reign over me in life. Verse 18 and 19, Paul goes on, and and he says this. He he finally does this kind of a summary statement. It's two parallel uh, comparisons and contrasts, really. So he says, consequently, kind of summarizing this, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many are made righteous. So he does comparisons and he does contrasts. What's the comparison? One man, one act, one result, right? And one man representing all. That's what's similar. That's how they compare. That's, that's what they both look like. One man, one act, one result, one representing all. But outside of that similarity, everything else is different. 
One man, Adam, is not the same as one man, Christ. Jesus, Lord of all. We're just saying that. One act, trespassed. One act, obedience. One result, condemnation that brings death. One result, obedience, or that brings justification in life. One representing all. One act brings many trespasses, right? The one representing brings this. The other one representing all can bring justification following all the trespasses. Paul goes on then to give this summary, and he brings the law back in. And if you read through Romans and you're not really familiar with it, and you're like, what is the big deal about him always bringing the law back up? Why does he keep bringing this up? Well, he's writing to an audience that they'd hijacked what the law was about, and they misunderstood it, and they, they bragged about the law and how it proved that they were, you know, they were in God's camp and God's people, and Paul's like, that is not the reason why the law was made or why the law was given. That's not the reason. And he goes on to say this, the law was added so that the trespass might increase, and where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned through death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he says, hey, look, the law was added so that the trespass might increase. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I've had this conversation over the years with people who have just come to start following Christ, and, and they start reading the Bible, and they start reading what God says, and like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that was in there. And I remember talking to one person who um, they, they read and, and realized, they said, well, what's this thing about don't take the Lord's name in vain? What is that about? I don't even know what that means. I said, well, that's like saying, oh, my God, when you're just talking about everything. Like it's just an exclamation point or it's just beginning of every sentence. And they're like, I do that all the time. Like I say that all the time. That's bad? I go, well, that's what he says. It's a sacred name. And they're like, I say that before and after everything. I go, yeah, you do. <laughs> He's like, that means I've got to stop saying that. And I go, that's probably a good thing. You might want to try to do that. That's what happens when you all of a sudden get the law. What happens? The trespass increases. All of a sudden you're like, oh my, it's there and there and there and there and there and there. That's what Paul's saying. That's what the law does. And we'll talk more of that in chapter 7. The law is added so that it, 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 it makes this line that I was like, oh, okay, so that's, that's bad. That's God. That's what he wants. And then it proves or reveals sin and death. But here's the good thing. Everywhere where sin and death all of a sudden was revealed, grace. Grace shows up. Grace shows up. Grace increased, what, what's this phrase again? All the more. Put the lake back up, right? So wherever sin and death was, no, it's not sin and death, the other one. Wherever this was, grace increased all the more. Death, law brought death, right? Grace, right? Law, sin, death, grace. 
Who here is still wallowing over in, in, in death, right, in sin? And you're a Christian. It's like we keep going back to this lake going, oh, but I remember. What are you doing in El Dorado? Get over in Lake Erie. Right? And Lake Erie's not, I mean, get over in Lake Grace. And, and I love El Dorado Lake. Like, I'm not saying it's hell and, and bad and death, right? I mean, I live next to River Sticks. <laughs> Who named that road River Sticks? Like, that's just, I don't know if you know, if you, in the Bible, there's actually a river, River Sticks, right? It's the river of hell. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm all over El Dorado. You can call it El Dorado. But some of you, let me just say, some of you have never stepped foot in Lake Grace. You never have. You've never seen how much more God is in his grace. And he says, it, that step, it, what is that step? That step is receiving. He, receiving. I receive this gift, this gift of grace. I receive it, Jesus. I need it. I know, I know I have sinned. I know I have crossed that line, right? That trespass. There's a, there's a border line here. I've crossed over. I've trespassed. And I need grace. And it's not hard. It's just receiving. I want it. I want it. And, and some of us, I would imagine as Christians, we're, we're still, we're still over here in this lake of death. Like, why? And yet we know. And, and, and there's no way we would say that we are reigning in life as we live in this, or as we stand, live in this Lake Grace, right? Lake of Grace. We're ruled by bitterness. We're ruled by the, the death, right? Anger. We're ruled by all the stuff that's happened to us. And, and we're ruled by all these things. But Paul's saying, how much more will those who live in Lake Grace reign in life? How much more? And this has a shoreline, and lake, the God's lake of grace doesn't have a shoreline. You'll never find the end of it. And what's even harder to think is that there are people who don't even know this, that we rub shoulders with all the time. There's people that have never stepped foot in this lake. And if, if the grace of God has transformed our lives and meant this much to us, how do we not see people around us and care? I mean, how, do we, how do we go through life and not care? And not think, I could at least invite them. I could at least talk to them. Recently, um, we bought a truck, or I bought a truck. It's a project truck. We knew it was. It's Big Albert. That's um, 
I asked somebody in our church to come help me name it because they were good at naming things. So it's, it's Big Al. Is what we, it's Albert, but we call him Big Al. And Big Al's in pieces in my barn. And Big Al doesn't run right now. It's not a good thing. I, I've been tired of being a weenie when it comes to mechanics, so I'm just going to do this thing and figure out how to fix it. And so I got it all in pieces, and it, it may not come together. I may be in over my head, but uh, don't tell my wife that. Um, so, but now I go to AutoZone, and I'm keeping AutoZone employed, uh, the, the guys over there. Um, and I'm meeting these guys, Jake. I know Jake now. Uh, I coach his sister in soccer. Um, I'm talking to Jake. I'm talking to this guy from North Carolina. Just asked him what his story was. And uh, talked to another guy who just moved here from um, way over west, or east of Akron on the way other side. I'm like, what are you doing over here? And uh, lives now in Smithville. And he told me his story. I was like, this is incredibly hard story. All over, you know, I'm buying some parts. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, and I can see they, they don't know. And I can hear the, the language. And I can hear, and they don't know grace. They, they've never swam in this lake. A couple months back, um, I don't know. I don't know how long ago it was. It's been in the last six months, I think, or last year. But, uh, yeah, last fall maybe. Um, I was at Bueller's uh, up in Medina, and uh, you ever have those moments when you can see an accident coming and you can't stop it and it's coming towards you and, and this lady was backing up and I'm like, no, 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 bam. And I'm like, and this is like, I'm like, no. Oh. I get out of the car and it's this young mom and she's all distraught. And, and I just hear God saying, just don't get out your stupid insurance card. And I'm like, but this is like my car. It's the newest car I've ever owned. I mean, like I get to drive. I mean, we've, and I'm just like, it's so new and it's so white and it's so like, just, and he's like, forgive. And, and I just felt that sense. But as I'm talking to her, I just, I never said, I just said, no, put it away. And she was so grave. I said, look, it's just a car. It's a bumper. Like, that's what they're there for. And you could just see this relief just wash over, like, oh, good. But I, I didn't even mention the reason why. I didn't mention the reason why, because I, I didn't tell her, look, you have no idea what I have been forgiven of. You have no idea how, I, how could I ever stand here and ask for your stupid insurance card when I have been forgiven so much from Jesus. The grace that I have experienced. I'm like, God, I, I'm sorry. I messed up. I messed up. I'm so sorry. I should have said it that way. And so wouldn't you know, two weeks later, he gives me another opportunity. Um, <laughs> I'm, I pull into the subway downtown, and I pull in right next to this guy, and it's, you know, they're kind of at an angle, so he doesn't see me pull in. And he just kicks out, and he kicks his door open with his foot like, wham! And I'm like... And it just hits my car. Wham! I'm like, what in the world? Like, he's opening his door to go to, like, where? Like, and he gets out, and I'm just like, 
oh, and immediately I'm thinking Bueller's, and I, I was like, uh, just, I was like, you're not asking for insurance, and I'm like, and I get out, and this guy literally is like, blankety, blank, blank, blankety, blank, blank, and it was just, I don't know whether he had actually one, like, every cuss word was a noun, an adjective, an adverb, and a preposition, and he was cussing himself out. And it was the most tragic scene as he's yelling at himself, just cursing himself. And I was like, slow down, slow down. I, I literally was like, slow down, slow down. It's a car, it's a car. And I'm the one who's hit, <laughs> right? And you would think in that moment, I would have figured out how to change this and turn this to Christ, and I still didn't. And this guy needs Jesus. He's using Jesus' name, but he doesn't know Jesus' grace. And I still messed it up. I, guys, when I say this, I'm telling these stories because I don't get this right. I don't. I have a lot of fails. I like when Steve Carter said, talk about the failures. I fail a lot at this stuff, but people don't know what it's like to swim in this lake. They don't. And we do. That's the, this is the heartbeat, the mission of God is to come and, and to give this gift of grace and he's given it to you and I and we're going to invite the team to come up. We're going to spend some time just swimming in it. And maybe if this morning God's saying, you're not swimming in it anymore, you, you maybe are on the shoreline, like why aren't you in all the way? And maybe this morning God's saying, you need to get in all the way. And some of you, you may need to just get in for the first time, and the best way is just you jump in. Jump in and swim. Let's just, let's just worship him and his grace.